Hey guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. My name is Shekai Mickelson, and I am a ninja from the future. That's not, I'm just, uh, well, I, I guess theoretically I could be because today when we're recording is Halloween, so I could be, I could be anything. It, you could be, or you could be a ghost from the past. I could. Because al- it'll be the past. Ooh, well played. Well played. <laughs> I am Monday Jukai of uh, October 31st, 2016. That's who I am. <laughs> oh my God. I am just like literally the walking dead today. I am so exhausted. Uh, but we have such a great show to to go through and to talk about why I'm so exhausted. That's true. That's true. Well played. Yeah. I love I love um, the idea of saying, and we have such a great show. I like I like that. I've never heard that before in, in, in any listening listening entertainment. So we're doing something different. I like it. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> um, uh, we really do have a great show today. We're going to talk about uh, Walker Stalker Con, obviously, which happened this last past weekend. Um, interviews that happened, of course, the the big party that happened on Saturday night, and then something surprisingly awesome and cool that happened yesterday. Uh, which I'm not going to talk about until we get to it, because we all know on this show mm. we like surprises. Yeah, don't don't like to don't like to sell those out too early. Got to keep, no. got to keep listeners on the hook. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and after that, of course, we'll dive into our box office review and our, our box office results. And then our review for this week will be Inferno, followed by interviews with Benedict Cumberbatch from Doctor Strange, as well as Tilda Swinton. So that'll be pretty cool. That's very exciting. That's a that's a movie that I hear is one that's going to exist. So that's fun. Yeah, I think it may finally dethrone um, Tyler Perry's uh, Medea Halloween, which is still going really strong. I think so. that is awesome. I, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I hope Tyler Perry's Medea just keeps just keeps it held down for the rest of the year. I wanted to be. I wanted to do that surprise <laughs> thing that uh, um, Home Alone did way back in in the early '90s and just take the world by storm for like nine months. <laughs> what Christmas movie should you go see? Well, duh, Medea Halloween. <laughs> right. Obvious choice. <laughs> that's very, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Walker Stalker Con because it was an insane weekend, Friday through Sunday. Um, it was my first time back with the convention since last year, kind of doing the same stuff that I was before, doing a lot of interviews for them. And uh, we had... We had a lot of great interviews, and I'm trying to remember who all we interviewed now because my brain is so fried. <laughs> but, um, I think uh, my favorite interview of the weekend was probably with Michael Emerson, um, who our listeners, of course, know as uh, Benjamin Linus from Lost and, of course, his role on Person of Interest. Um, that was such a, a great interview. It was he's such a, He has such an intimidating presence. He just seems like a really smart and like kind of odd guy that just, I don't know, you feel like you really have to have your A game around him. And and that's not at all really how he is. I mean, he's very cool, very sweet. I don't, I guess maybe it's just the characters that he's played that have just really intimidated me. Right. So I was a little like nervous interviewing him uh, one-on-one for the first time like that. But um, he was fantastic. And one of the really cool things about this weekend that, you know, I, I talked with a lot of 
of the um, the talent about uh, online bullying. We saw that a lot with this last week with The Walking Dead and, of course, what happened uh, with Glenn and, and you know, fans kind of lashing out against Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character, Negan, and, and saying that they were going to do, you know, not so nice things to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> and it's just, it kind of brought back up a conversation that I thought really needed to be had and I still think needs to be had. And um, so I'm going to be doing a couple of articles on that. But really the whole online bullying aspect of, you know, we saw it with Leslie Jones when she quit Twitter. Um, it happened with a, another Marvel writer last week um, where she left Twitter because of the harassment she was getting. And just the amount of harassment that actors and writers get for, you know, the work that they're creating or the characters that they're portraying and, and people take it out on on the actual actors and the actual writers. And I, I think that's, you know, crazy and unacceptable, but it was a really interesting dialogue to have, um, you know, with the, the cast members this weekend of, you know, not only the walking dead, but Michael Emerson, uh, the cast of outcast. I talked with them about it as well. And I, I just think that there's a lot there that needs to be said to help the overall issue of bullying, not only, um, you know, the, the online bullying we see with middle school and high school kids, uh, but also what we're now starting to see with Hollywood. Well, it's interesting. I mean, how do you how do you hold like a faceless, nameless person accountable? Right. That that to me is kind exactly. of the fundamental challenge of the whole situation, because, uh, you know, I, I could be pretty brave. And tough if you don't know who I am or where I'm sitting, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly. I really think it's a question that people need to ask themselves. Like, um, number one, you know, the, the basic principle that we all learned as kids, like, if you don't have something nice to say, then just, like, don't say it. Um, right. But also, it's like, if you wouldn't feel comfortable saying that to someone's face, you know, don't don't say it. Don't hide behind the internet. Don't use that as a, a shield or a cover to, to be this mean person and to, to say, you know, hurtful and aggressive things. And um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm going to write a couple of pieces on it because I think it's a, a very timely topic. And it was, it was really interesting to, to talk to people this weekend about it. And, and they all had so much to say about it. And they were also excited to have the opportunity to say something about it. So I found that really interesting. No, that is it. it but it is, it is such, it's so weird because it's such a double-edged sword. And we've touched on this a little bit before, I think, but, but because fans get so passionate about a certain thing, you know, like really, Jeffrey Dean is is getting yelled at by people when he's just you know being a good actor in the script. He doesn't. I don't know. I, I people like it's it's weird, right? Because never in the history have you had more access to behind the scenes stuff to the people exactly. to people behind the acting and and to the people that are making the decisions and like you know tutorials on how to light it, the special effects, like anything you want to know about how something is done. You can pretty right. much look up a video on YouTube and find how how it was done. Yet, meanwhile, like fandom is at this like epic crazy high of like, dude, you guys, it's a fictional character. It's a, fi it's not real. Like, and again, it's it's weird to me that in this era where you can get any behind the scenes insight that you want, the line is like somehow blurrier than ever from from like a from like a passion bully perspective it's it's a really it's an like it i'm squinting while i talk that's how weird it is you know what i mean 
Yeah, no, it really is. It's uh, I think at the end of the day, I mean, if you have people that are that angry and that passionate about it, I mean, for the writer's perspective and for the actor's perspective, it means they're doing their job. They're telling a great story, you know, whether fans love it or they're, you know, so upset by it. It means that, you know, they're doing their job. They're they're telling a great story. And it's just the fans that, you know, some of the fans that need to to really kind of work on on separating that and just being kind and nice and sweet and celebrating fandom for what it's supposed to be, something that brings people together. Right. I mean, it is a little ironic to say that when like a beloved character from the show was hanging out with his eyeball on his cheek for like 45 seconds and like hold hands yeah. and hug and be happy. Well, <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, the, the convention was great this weekend. Everyone was in, in really great spirits and it was really cool to see, you know, past and, and present cast members on that show kind of reunite and even just like moments you see in the green room when, you know, past cast members are hanging out with, with, people that are still in the show and and visiting with their kids and it's just such a a beautiful thing and you realize that you know this really is a a family and that's what makes it all so special but um so yeah it was it was a great weekend and um i got to host my my first panel with this convention with a american horror story which i think went well i haven't i haven't heard anything Different than that. So, so you haven't been cyber bullied um, yet by anybody I based on what you know. Right, well, that is an absolute yeah, victory. You win. No one no one has said anything to me. Really either way. So we could have <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if it was really bad, someone would have said something. Um <laughs> But Dennis O'Hare was such a such a sweetheart. I was talking to him before we went on stage and I was like, this is my first one I've ever done with, you know, this convention. And I've done, you know, other Q&As in the past, like the one I did with SCAD, but um, there wasn't any kind of audience participation in that. So mm. there wasn't any potential wild cards that I'd have to be, you know, aware of or um, on my my A game for. And uh it was just so the, the kind of unknown factor of, well, what if someone asks like a really inappropriate question or what if no one asks questions and I have 45 minutes that I have to fill with like, you know, conversation with with these cast members in front of these thousand people that are watching me. Um, well, so the, to, kind of the un- way to not unknown stack the factors. cards against you. Way to just way to just go into <laughs> it with confidence. Way to way to way to put your chest out and just handle it. <laughs> I am the kind of person that like over prepares for everything. Gotcha. It's it's so funny. Uh, you know, the other people that that I know that that host panels um, and they all do fantastic jobs at it. Uh, they they go in and they're like, yeah, I've never watched this show. I haven't prepared. I've got this. And then they do fine and great. And I'm like, dude, how do you do a panel <laughs> without any preparation for a show you've never seen? Like what? How? And they're like, oh, I just wing it. And I'm like, I don't understand that. <laughs> like, I don't. That's amazing. You've got to, to me, you've got to be able to ask intelligent questions that um, are going to have meaning to the to the fans and and provoke conversation, and hopefully provoke people to, you know, get up from their chairs and go to the mics and ask questions. And, um, and I, I don't know. It just seems like something where you've got to do a little bit of research. But meanwhile, they all... They all do a killer job at it, so maybe not. So were uh, were all of your fears uh, ultimately unfounded? 
Oh my God. It went so smooth. Well, from my perspective, like I said, it went so smoothly. Um, I had a steady flow of questions. Um, and literally the last one, the last question we had, like, I didn't have to cut any fans off. The last person in line was the last person we had time for And it was just perfect timing. And I was like, thank God this went smoothly. Um, so, and then, you know, I, I talked to, um, I talked to the cast members afterwards and um, it was, it was great. So American Horror Story, Emma Loggins for the win. Nice. Nice. (laughs) I like it. That's very cool. Um, But yeah, let's talk about the party because that was freaking awesome. No, that was, man. I I was saying to Carrie, who again, uh, one of the co-founders of Atlanta Movie Tours, who was actually super involved with planning this party, which I did not realize coming to it, but it was way better than last year's. I will just, even though last year had... Daryl himself, I thought this party was way better. What I really loved about this, it's the moments that you can kind of um, create for the fans where, you know, at one point we had um, Tom Payne and um, uh, Jordan, Rob- or what is it, Jordan Woods Robinson up on stage and uh, Tate, I can't remember his last name, from uh, uh, the makeup show Face Off on a uh, on sci-fi. Yeah. And I think there was a couple of other cast members up there too, at one point. And, um, you know, all just kind of singing with, with this band that's dressed as stranger things, which I loved. Yeah. Um, The band name was saved by the band, which I think is a nod to a television show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much like awesome nostalgia going on there. And like, um, I don't just the moments of, you know, the cast members getting up there and singing and, and the guests from the conventions getting to, to see that or the, the attendees, I, I just think was was amazing. Um, and then, of course, Tom Payne did a photo booth with all of the people in the, the VIP section. So there's a long line of people to get their little photo strip of random uh, photos with, with Tom, which was really cool. Uh, so you got to say you got in a photo booth with Jesus and that's, took some photos. That's true. You know, what's funny is I saw somebody was wearing a shirt. And she just looked like a normal person wearing a shirt that said, I love Jesus. And I, it obviously, it's the dumbest, easiest joke ever. But I was very amused by that. I'm sure there were many of them. It was the first one I just happened to see. And I'm like, that seems like, oh, duh, the guy plays Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm always a step slow. But it was like, it was a perfect religious shirt. Yeah, yeah. there was, uh, I saw another one this weekend that says Jesus saves. And it had like the, the um, kind of illustrated design that Obama had with the like the blue and red illustration of his face. Yeah, um, it was like that for like uh, for Tom Payne and just Jesus saves and of course his character photo on there. It was really funny. It's very good. Um, I I'm, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, but that was a really fun party. I I mean it was huge too. That was a massive ballroom that it happened in and yeah the the guy uh uh the guy's name is rambo the guy who's dressed like the crazy clown who kind of hosted it i had a, uh-huh. had a short conversation with him backstage and um he said there were over two thousand people there um so yeah it was a pretty full room and and it i tell you know because i was there mainly as a function to be film person which was cool but but just because of who i know see I, it's all about who you know i was able to get the vip pass and get in there and play um and it was actually a lot of fun as the night went on people uh were a lot more happy to see a camera around which is which is kind of fun. And actually, I'll say something else, because some people, like, if you go to some situations, people are uneasy when they see a camera. But right. what's fun in, in a world where it's costume, not only is it Halloween, but it, it's Halloween doubled up with people that do the cosplay thing anyways. I noticed, like, a lot of people that had decent costumes would kind of, like, walk slowly around the camera. Like, oh, hey, 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 camera. I don't know if you know me. 
noticed that uh, <laughs> I have a costume on. But, you know, a lot of people thought it was a still camera. I'm shooting a video and it was like too dark to actually get any good photo. Anyway, short and long it is, by the end of the <laughs> night, people were going crazy. Like, I, I was able to get up on stage, and people in the crowd were just going crazy with the camera. It's a lot of fun to be, like, a fake rock star, only because you're carrying a camera. So, that was that was my experience. I can't wait to see that video. No, there's a, I, there was one point when I was, that when I was up on stage, and uh, there was a couple of costumes and stilts. There was a woman walking around, of course, wearing mm-hmm. a bikini, um, with uh, with the big crazy pet monster, and the you I think you experienced it firsthand. The monster escapes from its chain and charges at you, right? Yeah. And they're on and they're on stilts, <laughs> which is awesome. But I happened to get up on stage when they were dancing on stage, and the both of them put on such a great show while I was low angle. In my head, I'm like, this might be some of the coolest footage I've ever captured. Like with the crowd behind them and stuff. It was uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I, That's awesome. I rewatched some of it, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool, but it does not feel nearly as epic as it did when I was actually, you know, on the floor of the stage with all that music and energy. So it's a different thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe to be there. Yeah. But I, keep me posted because I want to see that video. You know what? I actually don't know exactly what uh, Carrie wants done with that video. So I've got to... I've got to see, but yeah, we've got uh, between Shantaria, my my friend and colleague who helped film, we we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of fun stuff, I think. So well, cool. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And on an aside, I just want to say this: one of my favorite things about Halloween, uh, you know, listen, babe, this is weird, maybe, but I like boobs. Boobs are fantastic, and Halloween <laughs> is always it's it's always a great time for featured boobs. So it is. There yeah. were a lot of boobs. Yeah, lots of <laughs> that were very featured. Lots of, lots of featured. Uh, of uh, uh, lady bumps, so <laughs> Halloween is fantastic. It's a great holiday. It really is. <laughs> really is. Um, well, I had a uh, a bit of a surprise yesterday. I got to um, well after I finished my my last interview, I connected with uh, the cast of Outcast and got to have some drinks. And of course, we talked about a lot of stuff that was all off the record, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> right. uh, but it was just, it was super cool to um, get to see, you know, these actors outside of a press room and outside of their, outside of their general element and their guard down and just like hang out and chatting and having a couple of drinks. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's fun. So everybody, yeah. everybody was in chill mode, and you were and you were brought into their circle. I know. I felt like one of the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool. We all had uh, we had drinks and had some food together and hung out for probably about an hour before they they headed back to the airport. Uh, they came in just for yesterday to to do a panel, and were headed back up to set to to film today. So oh, wow. it was kind of a, a whirlwind for them. But um, you know, that's such a great show, and it's. It's, I feel like no one that I know has Cinemax, and so I, but but the show is coming out on iTunes, and you can get that on iTunes and, you know, um, download it and check it out. It's really good. If you like Walking Dead, you'll like it. I mean, obviously, it's it's by Robert Kirkman, so it's, it's a, a great story. It's about demons and demonic possession and just... It's so creepy. And before what happened in the season premiere, I would say um, that this was a way darker and more disturbing show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I think probably as a whole, it definitely is. Um, so if you if you like things that are a little bit darker and 
um, more intense. I think as a whole, it is more intense and, and much darker than, than Walking Dead. But um, it's a great show and it's available now. So people should check it out. Nice. Very, uh, very good. Let's, uh, let's put some smiles on our faces and watch it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, another notable thing that happened this week is I got to go to a screening of Rules Don't Apply, um, which afterwards Lily Collins, Aldrin, Alden, Aaron Rick. I oh. felt like I, Aaron Rick, I've had this conversation with so many people. Thank God I've not had to say his name. Um, I'm like, Alden, what's up? I can, you know, I can say your first name. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, we we got to do that and um Warren Beatty was there too and it was just such a such a cool thing and uh, Warren told so many stories of like old Hollywood and um of course his time working on on this project which he wrote and directed and stars in and then the next day we actually got to do a press conference with Lily and and Alden and it was really intimidating because we we did it at the the scad show and we're walking in and it's the first time it's ever been set up like this where they had the full like they were filming it for us so it was like a interview film set on the stage at scad show like all the lights on there's all these people around you know doing their makeup and then like i get to go up there and sit on stage like on camera with these two and interview them it's you know it's like the the, the press things where you see that you have the two actors in the chair and you have the poster and then you have the person interviewing them on the other side. Yeah. And that's the first time I've done one like this. So I was like, oh, my God, I've got like 10 people watching this and none of these lights are in my face. And <laughs> this is cool. Um, but it was a really great experience. And I get to release that audio um, Thanksgiving week because the, the film actually comes out on the 23rd. Um, but I did ask Alden about uh, being the new Han Solo. Ooh. And he geeked out a little bit about that, and we'll have that that coming up. He he couldn't talk about it too much, of course. But yeah. I was like, I can't not ask. <laughs> so spoiler alert: it turns out Han Solo is eventually killed by his son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could have said that. He could have said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, did you get a chance to ask Warren Beatty about uh, Dick Tracy, the the classic so film with uh, him and Madonna? Yeah, I wish I had gotten the chance to interview him. He was just at the screening and he did the Q&A. He's a talker. Oh. Um, like, he's he's probably the original Kevin Smith. Um, <laughs> I tell, I think we've talked about it before on, on, on the podcast about how long Kevin Smith talks. Yeah. Like, I, I went to a press event with him and there was literally two questions in an hour that were asked. And... Um, <laughs> It's just, it's insane how much he talks. And Warren Beatty is very much that same way. He's just got so many stories. Yeah. And they're all great stories, so you don't want to interrupt him. He's, like, telling you about, like, all this old-school Hollywood and, like, when he met all these people for the first time and, you know, just all of his experiences. I mean, it's just amazing to hear. Like, I could just sit and listen to him talk all day. And he could. He could sit and talk all <laughs> he day. He could do it, yeah. So, um, I think they, they limited some of the... Um, the interviews that he was doing that day just because they knew they'd probably be a little bit lengthier and um, they thought obviously Lillian um, Alden would be a better fit for Fanbolt too so obviously <laughs> so um, yeah so that's coming up and that'll be uh, that'll be really cool no that's exciting it was a good it was a good movie it was a really good movie that's so so might I understand though for this you weren't fully prepared but you were able to get it together and do wonderfully 
<laughs> no, I was fully prepared. Oh, but but um, it sounds I, like you I were surprised co- a little bit by the setup. I, I was. Oh. Um, I thought it was going to be audio. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be like sitting down with them and recording some audio. So you were just um, you were just wearing your pajamas. Basically, yeah. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't in the mindset of, oh, I'm going to be on camera with like two famous people. Right. Cool. No, that's super um, cool, though. But, but um, it went great. It went great. And it's cool, too, to be to be able to to do these new kind of, um, you know, each interview is is something that's really awesome to to have under your belt. And these experiences are something that helps me grow as as a writer and, a you know, um, a reporter or whatever you want to call the, the mirage of things that I do now. Right. But um, it was it was unexpected, but it was awesome, and I loved it. Nice. That's super exciting. Very cool. Yeah. You got to sit down with Han Solo. That's going to be – it's like uh, when you got to sit down with the Stranger, uh, Stranger Things kids. Now those kids yeah. are everywhere, but they used to just be those kids that you got exactly. to meet. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I'll look back on this as. And when that film comes out, I'll get Alden's name right. <laughs> I'll have a little bit of time to work we on all this last name. To it. I want to say it's Aaron Reich or Aaron Rich. Aaron Rich? Aaron Reich? I don't know. I need to watch some YouTube videos with someone saying it. You know what I can guarantee you about Alden? He's heard it every way and he's probably oh, fine sure. with it at this point. <laughs> the, thing, the thing that gets me as a person with a strange name that drives me insane is if like you send me an email and I replied to you and then in your reply to me, you spell my name wrong when it's right there in the two field. That's when I'm like, <laughs> that's when I get a little bit like, all right, dude, you're not even trying. That's as a, as a strange named person. That's the pet peeve <laughs> for me. But people mispronounce my name all the time. And never once have I been like, you're a jerk. So, yeah, you yeah. Go. You just kind of understand it it's, and expect it. So I'm sure it. he does. Yep. But anyway, I like to speak along. for Alden whenever possible. So if, if there's anything <laughs> else uh, Alden would like me to say on his behalf, I'll let you know. <laughs> Be a spokesperson. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Well, moving into our box office report for the weekend, Um, as we mentioned earlier, Tyler Perry's Boo and Medea Halloween is still in the top spot. It brought in 16.6 million in its second weekend, which is bringing its total to date to 52 million. And it was made for 20 million. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, good. Good for uh, good for him. Good for, I mean, Tyler Perry wasn't hurting before. No, but, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he got a whole military base for free for his, his future filming. So, yeah, the guy's in good good shape. He's in good shape. Yeah. He's not doing too shabby. Yeah. Um, he did admit, uh, he, he had a comment that was kind of interesting to therap.com. He said that the, I've said this many times and I'll say it again, the minute the audience stops coming, uh, coming, that old broad is dead. That seems like a typo. Coming, that old broad. Okay. I'm just reading it wrong. <laughs> that the audience stops coming. That old broad is dead. He laughed to the rap.com. But every time I say say it, they show up. So as long as they want her to, she'll be around. But I'm determined not to be like her, not to be her age playing her. I'm just really grateful that the audience is still showing up. My audience is like the country music audience. They're loyal, faithful, and always I'm so grateful to them. <laughs> That's interesting. That's so even though I butchered that quote because my brain is fried from the it's past all right. weekend, it's all right. <laughs> you guys get it. It was very complex what he was saying there. The guy's the guy's just kind of a jerk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all in delivery, and sometimes that doesn't come over in the quote. So when like you're you're reading it and you're like, oh, that's a pause there, and that does make sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, 
Inferno, which we have a review of here in just a little bit, uh, starring Tom Hanks, brought in $15 million this weekend. Uh, that was on a $75 million production budget. So $15 million premiere is not that great. No. Um, I cannot believe that it, it stayed behind Medea. That's a, I feel like that's a I big know. deal. Medea has now knocked it, just to be clear, has kept both Toms out of number one. Both Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. That's pretty intense. Yep. That's pretty insane. That is pretty intense. Yeah. It's really intense. And the film didn't have great reviews. Um, I'm not going to be giving it a great review either. Oh, no. Uh, had the lowest opening for all the movies, which are based on Dan Brown's books that have been released to date. Uh, the first film, of course, opened with $77 million, um, which, of course, was The Da Vinci Code in 2006. And two, 2009's sequel, Angels and Demons, debuted with $46 million. So this is quite a bit less than those. Um, of course, coming in third, Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher brought in $9.5 million. In fourth this weekend, of course, the Atlanta film, The Accountant, still hanging in there. The film brought in $8.4 million in its third week of release, which is bringing its current total to $61 million. And that film took $44 million to make. So that one's doing pretty well. Doing all right, yeah. Um, Ouija Origin of Evil brought in an additional $7 million, coming in fifth this weekend. And its total gross to date is $24 million on a $9 million production budget. So pretty good pretty good uh, results there for Ouija as well. Yeah, doing, doing all right. And now just as a general question about the English language, how the hell is O-U-I-G-A how you say Ouija? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a... Uh, it's an odd one. Any English <laughs> scholars out there who has an answer, I know I could probably Google it, but it's just more fun to wonder out loud about. I feel bad for people that are learning the English language, and we tell them that that word is Ouija. Is Ouija? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, of course, coming out this Friday, we have... It, this. It's going to be an interesting weekend. We've got Doctor Strange, Trolls... Um, Hacksaw Ridge and Loving coming out this weekend. Definitely Doctor Strange and Trolls, I imagine, are going to be first and second. Yeah. Um, I don't so... know. You better not sleep on Medea because <laughs> this woman just took down both Toms. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But you know what? I don't think she's going to take down Doctor Strange. You're, you're probably right, but <laughs> still. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But let's. Let's talk about some Inferno. Let's talk about Inferno, which, uh, if, as, as those who listen remember, we sat down with both Tom Hanks and Ron Howard last week. So, we uh, did. You saw it. Let's just jump right into the Atlas Film Review. Let's uh, do it. Atlas Media Review. I should probably get the name of our proprietary stuff correct. Uh, boredom <laughs> gauge, one to five, five being eye-rolling boredom. How bored were you? I'm going to say 3.5. Five. Uh, oh. No, I'm going to say four. Uh, four. Right. Let's just let's, make it a four. Let's round up. Let's commit. Yeah. All right. Let's just do it. Yikes. So you were bored. <laughs> you were bored. How long was, was the bored. film? Um, it was long. It was, uh, that's a good question. How long was it? <laughs> I'm like, it was really long. I don't remember how long I was there. Hold on. Okay. So it's, we don't need any, we need an exact <laughs> running time, please. Inferno running time. <laughs> <laughs> As I Google. Um, it was two hours and one minute. So Actually, that's long. That's long. That's not that long. It felt longer. Yeah. That's why I was actually surprised. I thought you were going to, it was be one of those like uh, pushing three hours. I like that it's two hours, one minute though. And not two. Okay. Anyways. Uh, all right. So bored for it was, it was bored. Why was it boring? 
Um, so to kind of sum this up, it's it tried to make the story more complicated than it need to be needed to be. Mm. It's kind of you know we talked about this um, in one of the last podcasts about like CBS series. Yeah, and uh, it felt like a movie of a CBS show. Um, it was just. It, you're, if you're going to pitch it like a smart movie, it doesn't need to play out like a procedural. And that's what it felt like. It felt like something that was a movie version of something I would watch on CBS. And there's definitely an audience for that. Um, but I am not in it. You know, it's interesting. Even you saying that makes me immediately think, because I, I mentioned my experience of watching The Da Vinci Code back in 2006 when that came out. And mm -hmm. being like, again, I don't think this movie would make any sense if I hadn't read the book. But just you saying... TV makes me immediately think like, oh, man, now that you mentioned that, like a Dan Brown novel would probably make a lot more sense as a t TV show. As a TV series. It, yeah. it would give you room to breathe and to really dive into some of the puzzles. Because honestly, I, I mean, I haven't read any of his work. That's the only book I read was The Da Vinci Code. But I had a blast with that. That was a lot of fun. And it got me like curious about old pieces of art in a way that I wasn't before, you know. So it, 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 it was a great kind of pull you in piece of entertainment. But again, the movie left me totally wanting. So anyways, totally sidetracked. But why wouldn't I, they no, make it a I, show that it would be so much better served that source material? I completely agree. Like, I, I mean, it's you're dealing with puzzles and that's you, you can't dive that deep into to making something super smart and super rewarding for the audience. And, you know, two hours, that's not going to seem I, I just don't feel like it's the right the right fit for it. Yeah. I, I think a TV show would definitely be interesting. Um, no, it's interesting. It, I would totally like if Netflix was like the Dan Brown novel is now a series. I'd be like, oh, here yeah. it comes. Yeah, that's interesting. Or even like a like a mini series or something. Yeah. You know, something yeah. that has a little bit more room to to dive in, but not something where you're trying to you're trying to make it. You're trying to simplify it, but yet still make it seem really complicated. Right. And do it in two hours. And also, and uh, still make it sound smart. Like it's right. just it's you're going right. up and down on what the, what you want, and there's just not a good. Uh, it's just not a good blend. Well, while trying to while trying to like give you characters that you care for in, in, exactly. inside of all that, that's a lot. All right. Well, so I love that we've just gotten past the first question of the Atlas review. Uh, so it was a four <laughs> in boredom. So not good. Yes. Uh, eye rolling gauge. Uh, it's a four. Oh, okay. So four four. Um, yeah. So who, who was it? Was was uh, the performances at least all right, or were those even a little plastic? I mean, the performances were all right. I had problems. Uh, I, I had problems in the beginning with some of the dialogue. It just seemed uh, it didn't fit. It seemed too basic. It didn't seem like they were giving any depth to the characters with what they were saying, mm -hmm. uh, which I think was my one of my main issues because I didn't care about any of the characters. Um, and you're dealing with with the storyline you're talking about preventing, you know, this devastating global uh, pandemic, which is something, you know, we should all really care about. But it's it's just not a storyline that I felt like I could or a mentality that I could even see the other side of like this killing off half of the population to save the other half versus trying to save all of it. Um, it just wasn't. I don't know. Not, the performances weren't necessarily bad. I wasn't thrilled with the script. I think, you know, our, our cast probably did the, the best they could with it. But it just there was a lot of stuff that was missing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I, let's see. I, I, it obviously was not filmed in Georgia. Nope. Uh, all right. So <laughs> overall, do you regret the time you spent watching this flick? I don't regret it. Um, 
I wouldn't watch it again. All right, well, that's... But yeah. I, I think, you know, if you're a big fan of the other two movies and of Dan Brown's novel, it's probably worth checking out, especially if you like the other films. If you like the other films, you'll probably like this one. Um, but it's just, I'm not the, the target audience for it. So, so overall... How many, uh, what, 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 what is this one's Atlas score? I'm going to give it an at. Just a two. Honestly, I, just a two, I, a two is beyond what I thought you were going to give it. Just an at. I thought <laughs> I was just going to get an at. Eh. Yeah. Cause a two, two, <laughs> two, two, a four in boredom and a four in eye rolling. That's pretty brutal. That's, uh, it is. <laughs> that is not winning any awards this year. Nope. <laughs> it's definitely so not. There we go. So the Inferno crashed fire. Wait, let me, I'm going to try this. It's going to be really good. Okay. I'm sure where I'm going. The Inferno caught fire and crash landed. Inferno. <laughs> not good. Only an at. <laughs> it needed Sully it, in, in the pilot seat. It did. It did. By the way, <laughs> I, I, I did see most of uh, uh, Tom Hanks's turn in uh, hosting the most uh, recent SNL. And I still I still love Tom Hanks. I swear to goodness. Like, it doesn't matter if I see him on TV in any movie, even if it's one of his dumb ones. I'm like, I'm going to watch it for a while. I just love that guy. I do, too. I've loved him since I think the first movie I ever saw him in was Splash, and I've loved him ever since. So it's I'll watch anything he's in. You know, uh, Big was on recently when we were moving, when we were packing everything up and uh, Mandy was watching it. And I ended up like sitting down and watching it. Do you have you seen that movie recently? It is uh, not recently, but I've seen it. It's a great movie. It's so good. And I realized that I kind of hadn't really sat down to watch it since the VHS era. And now I'm realizing, mm-hmm. like, the grown-up me, which means I was, like, probably, like, 12, 13, 14, you know, like, y- quite a bit younger than a 39-year-old that I am now. And I realized, oh, man, like, this is the first time I've seen this film where I understand why Tom Hanks wanted to go back to being a kid. Like, it totally hit me in a completely different way. Because when I watched it when I was younger, I'm like, what are you doing? You got it made. You got the best job in the world. You got a, like, very nice lady at the office that's into you in a way that would absolutely be frowned in today's work world, frowned against. Um, But no, I just, I was, I said to Mandy, like, that is the first time I got that film. It's a completely different experience watching it as a, as a old grumpy person. Anyways, (laughs) stay on track. Sorry about that. No, no, it's always worth going off track with a uh, with how awesome Tom Hanks is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into our interviews. Uh, pretty awesome here. We've got first up Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Stephen Strange in Doctor Strange. So it's a pretty big deal. We got the 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 main character. Let's let's go ahead and roll tape. Hey, it's me again, Chicamicleton, sitting down with. Doctor Strange. So who is Doctor Strange in this uh, Marvel Universe here? Strange is a very natural bridge between uh, what we know of New York, or what we know of our sensual, sensory, you know, perceivable reality and something well beyond that. And so he, I think it's kind of ripe. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of the right moment now for him to be the character that we now get introduced to to open up that chapter of the Marvel Universe. Were you familiar with the Doctor Strange comics before you were involved? I came at Doctor Strange um, and the comics of Doctor Strange through people being interested in me for the role in the film. And I found him incredibly arrogant, brilliant, 
sort of extraordinary and with the potential to be incredibly hokey because it was very much a comic of its era, like they always are. So this superhero came out of a context in the 60s and 70s of experimental drug taking of a bleed between Western science and logic and Eastern mysticism, which is, you know, something as a teenager I was very interested in. I spent some time teaching in a Tibetan Buddhist monastery near Darjeeling and read things like uh, Fritjof Capra's um, uh, Tao of Physics. I read motorcycle, uh, the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, as well as studying Buddhist texts and reading up on certain things, you know, scientific books like cosmology, trying to get through a brief history of time um, and observing this extraordinary ancient ritual and wisdom right in front of me every morning and every evening and talking to those monks in that monastery, talking to lamas in the towns around and about who had um, other experiences with other sects or had better English and were able to sort of unpack what I was witnessing every day. and. So my mind as a teenager, as a 19-year-old, was kind of really blown open by all of that. So it immediately made sense to me, this material. Ah, you're obviously a person who's not very well read. Okay, so um, is, is Doctor Strange too arrogant? He is arrogant to the point of being unlikable, but yet somehow you should still like him. He's got a great deal of charm and there is already a sense of loss or soullessness, I think, about him very early on in the film. You see him as a lone figure at the beginning and end of this film. By the end of the film, he's a superhero, and we all know that's quite an onerous task and often requires quite a solitary existence. Um, not too many people you can you know, pillow talk with or you know, form meaningful relationships when, you're, when your responsibilities are always other and elsewhere. I see. I see. So what's it like to play in a world that's, that's so brilliantly designed? It's extraordinary to step into all of these environments. I mean, even the environments at the beginning of the film, that the surgeries were so detailed, accurate, beautifully lit and beautifully manageable as playing spaces, but still, you know, very specifically attended to as places that could possibly carry out some neurosurgery, minus the 21st century unscrubbed up film crew in it. Um, you know, procedurally, we were going through drills um, with Dr. Harkness, and we would. There was also a fantastic um, uh, nurse um, on set. A lot of the extras had practiced in medicine or surgery. Um, so, I had a great deal of expertise floating around in that room, and you never felt uh, at sea or incapable of asking a, a, a sort of, you know, important question about what to do and how to do what you had to do. Aha. Uh -huh. So working in Nepal, how was that? Nepal was amazing. Kathmandu was absolutely vital to this film. I think not least because it's so based in something that is exotic and other. And to have that experience as a film crew when you know we were spending a lot of time together, a lot of time on sets and, and simulacrums of all these wonderful exotic places and... Uh, uh, cities, you know, we, it was a very bonding experience. It was a very bonding experience for all of us as a crew. Oh, you know, I've, I've only been born once. Also, I probably haven't read as many books as you have. I admit it. So talk about director Scott Derrickson, who actually, after this point, has mainly been a horror genre guy. I think Scott's one of the main reasons that this project att attracted such a, a, a brilliantly talented cast. He's great on process. He's really good on um, going through a great, a great sort of uh, volume of detail about characterization. You really feel very safe in his hands about who you're playing and why you're playing what you're playing. 
So, so that's pretty cool. Is is this a movie that you're excited about? So excited about it. I am seeing yeah. it tomorrow night. And I am, this is, I mean, there's a couple of movies coming up. This one, obviously, Fantastic Beast, um, Arrival, and uh, La La Land are my most anticipated movies for the remainder of this year. So, oh, and nice. obviously Rogue One. Can't forget Rogue One. Right. But um, so I feel like almost every week now until Christmas, it's going to be like one of the movies I'm really excited for. So I'm nice. super excited to to start that trend with Doctor Strange. Yeah, perfect. It's it's kicking off an era for you. Well, well, speaking of that excitement, I guess we should listen to uh, Swinton, right? What's uh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. She plays the Ancient One. So what attracted you to this project? It was pretty much all of the above. I mean, to get a call and be invited to uh, join the Marvel Universe is kind of good day. For me, I, I'm, I just I couldn't imagine such a thing might happen. So it was a, it was a great, great laugh when, when that call came in. And then the Ancient One was irresistible to me. Um, I didn't know Doctor Strange. I didn't know those comics. Um, but the way it was described to me very simply was just tantalizing. And uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say no to this one. Uh-huh. So how did everyone approach the project? We just started with the things that we wanted to keep constant, like fluidity and a kind of general aspect. We didn't want to pin it down to any kind of... Uh, you know, specific Buddhism, specific uh, gender, specific nationality. We wanted to free it up um, from any kind of uh, previous interpretation. Mm. So talk a little bit about the uh, development process. It was such a pleasure working with uh, everybody here on that development process. I was so impressed and, and, and thrilled that they were really up for just working it out together. And we worked it out over several months. Um, and we tested and we looked at other options and we tested them. We kept pairing away and pairing away. And as I say, with the Ancient One, we wanted to go for something very fluid, very sort of non-specific and pure and ageless and that doesn't mean either young or old it just means ageless and it doesn't mean either male or female it just means kind of gender free and and so we ended up going for something pretty raw and simple and modern and kind of ancient ah going ancient with the ancient one bold so, uh, who's Stephen Strange? So, Stephen Strange is this incredibly brilliant, uh, super arrogant, um, very entitled neurosurgeon who is in New York, fixing people brilliantly, taking all the credit, taking all the money, super rich as a result, and, um, you know, not exactly digging deep spiritually, you might you might say, and he has a car crash and he loses the use of his hands and it's kind of a disaster and he spends all his money having, you know, hundreds of um, operations, well, nine, I think it is actually, um, to have his hands put back together and they don't work. So he's really at the end of it and uh, he's out of cash and he's, you know, alienated his girlfriend and he hears that there is this guy who he knew was, you know, 
paralyzed, um, has been walking around. And the reason he's walking around is because he went to this famous healer or this arcane, maybe not so much famous as this legendary, um, some people know about healer in uh, this place called Camotage in Kathmandu. And so he basically spends his last pennies on a ticket and goes to Nepal and, uh, and finds the ancient one who is not at all what he expected. Well, that's fun. So how, how was the cast in this film? I think they're always casting kind of rocking people, to be honest. I think, yeah, I don't think this is, you know, I think we're just, you know, lucky to be the next, the next band on the roster. Um, but it is a great band to be a part of. And uh, they're all, you know, they're all great. And I think we're all, we're all so psyched to be a part of it. That makes such a difference. You know, it's a thrill. And we all keep pinching ourselves and each other and going, isn't this fun? Pinching one another, even when it's not St. Patrick's Day, you've heard it here first. Talk about Benedict as a performer. Benedict has got the brains uh, and the wit to know how to play, as we know from his great Sherlock Holmes, um, a really arrogant so-and-so who you kind of want to see brought down a peg or two. And he does it absolutely brilliantly he does it brilliantly in Sherlock and he does it really beautifully here uh, and I think he really relished that you know the because because yeah Strange does dig deeper than Sherlock has to and he has a sort of he has a real enlightenment of the spirit in this film and I think he really loved doing that I think that was a, a, a personal kind of pleasure for him to go on that journey and I think he's just fantastic all right, so there you have it. That's uh, that's her <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about this movie that's coming out on Friday. No big deal. Not going to be you know a, a major movie or anything. No, it'll just a, a little indie film. It'll be called Doctor Strange. It'll be well. Listen, <laughs> boo a day of Halloween is watch out. <laughs> no, Doctor Strange is going to own it this weekend. I'm excited to see what the box office numbers are going to be um, in comparison to to the other Marvel movies and how it, you know, compares to, to Captain America earlier this year and um, how it'll how it'll compare to the, the DC films that have came out this year and have it done so hot. I feel like there's Doctor Strange. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be bigger than Captain America or not. We should we should make a bet. Oh, man, I, I would bet pretty hardcore that it will be less than Captain America. I think it's going to be less, too. Okay. So. What? Not like a lot less. I th- I still think it's going to do great, but um, I think Captain America is. Um, it had more star power. Recognize not that Benedict Cumberbatch is not a hugely awesome, successful actor. Yeah, he's a really who, good actor, but but it's not quite like uh, Doctor Strange is kind of like he's not a household name like Captain America, and he doesn't have whatever exactly. three movies by himself before it all comes together for some super fight at a airport. <laughs> Exactly. And that's just it's such a huge all star cast. And I mean, again, this is we've got great people in this. Uh, obviously, Benedict, Tilda Swinton, um, uh, Rachel McAdams and, you know, a bunch of other people. But it's it's still not like having the entire Avengers cast. Right. Like it's not it's not the same level of star power. Um, so I think it'll do well, but I don't think it'll do as well as as Captain America did. It's interesting, right? Because I guess we're starting to kind of like uh, starting to pick up the throttle. Uh, a little bit in terms of like starting to ramp up for kind of the holiday stretch of bigger movies. So, uh, it will because I'm realizing it's kind of been a while since there's been a tent pole, like kind of a big, 
yeah. big movie. Other, there has been. Other than the Medea Halloween. Just say it. I think that that movie is probably going to end up being Fantastic Beast. I would be willing to bet. Yeah. That that will be. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that compares to Rogue One. I think it's going to be a toss up between the two of those for the biggest movie of the the holiday season. Do you really think? I just don't feel like anything could possibly touch Star Wars if it's actually done with any sort of. I don't. Good. I mean, Harry Potter is it's such a. I. That's true. I don't know, man. Harry that's Potter's true. got a pretty diehard fan base. That would so. be. That's an interesting bet. I still have to put my money. On Star, on Star Wars. Wars, I still do. Just because, yeah, because I still think there's. I mean, yeah. you're 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 probably right, but I feel like Harry Potter lends itself more to to kids of all ages and not just kids of of geek parents, which I feel like. I mean, Star Wars. Obviously, anyone who is you know like us is going to go see it and right. take their kids to go see it. Right. But but if you're not like in that geek world. I think you're probably more likely to take your kid to see Harry Potter. You know, what's weird is I almost 100% go the other way from you. Because, really? Yeah, because, like, the, the mystical and magic and something, blah, 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 to me feels a little bit different than, like, space adventure. You know? That's true. But, uh, but, but, it, but there's always been a line in the sand. Like, I've always kind of been more of a science fiction guy than I have been, like, majestic magic guy, right? Like, if you put Star Wars next to Lord of the Rings trilogy, like, elves and magic fairies and that kind of thing, I, I always right. edge more towards a science fiction. Not because I, you know, like, I know that's, like, which is the best trilogy, but um, I don't know. I, I, it's, I think basically the reason I'm saying that, that the exact argument you just made, I think, goes both ways, almost like down the middle. I think that's that's probably fair. Um, it's basically Harry Potter versus Disney, Universal versus Disney. Uh, that's so, true. That's true. Yeah. So we'll we'll see who wins. Which theme um, park prevails? Exactly, and I think probably probably Disney, but right. <laughs> just just based on the past. But I don't know. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be interesting, just because I you know too. there hasn't been Harry Potter stuff in a while, and I think that a lot of people are gonna come out in support of that i mean it's so funny because these are both two franchises that need no help right and neither one of them are like the little engine that could so it's 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 funny to like be like you know well i think this one will do good you know but uh well maybe i don't know it'll be we'll see see. that's probably what we should bet on yeah even though now i'm doubting myself because now i'm like no that's a dumb bet to make it's going to be star wars but (laughs) no i mean you you've got me going the other way it's it's i think it's it's very compelling to know unless see the thing that could change everything is if tyler perry comes out with like (laughs) medea's big space travel magic adventure then it's like (laughs) what are you gonna do it's like both genres come together huh that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously going to win. Yeah. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's got everything. It's, it's going to be huge. Uh, uh, well, we will see. Um, next week, we will have uh, the weekend results from how Doctor Strange did, and we'll also have our review of it. And we're going to have a surprise interview because I have racked up so many interviews and I'm not sure the embargo date on any of them. Nice. So I'm going to find those dates out and we will have one of them next week for you guys. Again, a surprise for everyone involved. And one of those, exactly. one of those interviews is going to be from Walker Stalker Con? Um, maybe. Oh. oh, that's awesome. You have such yeah, a plethora. I've gotta, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to do some homework today and, and figure out what what I can what I can run with and if I have dates on anything or I, I know what our interview will be for the week after next. But next week, 
I have like 20 different things it could be. So it will be an exclusive. Or well, I shouldn't say that. It might not be an exclusive. Um, <laughs> it could be an exclusive. You'll have to wait and find it's out. It's going to be somebody <laughs> talking to Emma that's not also Emma because that would be weird. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> yeah. Well, that is all I have got for this week. You got anything else? No, uh, just uh, just have a wonderfully happy Halloween next year now that you'll be listening to this after Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. You too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt. Uh, my name is Shekai Mickelson. I'm a creative guy and independent filmmaker. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>